So we got a new sermon series going on this week, having power over God's enemies. Let's go. So what exactly does this mean, having power over God's enemies? And who are God's enemies? I'll just throw two questions at you right off the bat. You jerk. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm uh, like that. <laughs> um, yeah, so um, one of the things that, uh, you know, you cannot read the Bible without seeing God's enemies. And uh, But, you know, the New Testament really reframes that for us um, as not human beings you know, who are made in the image of God as God's enemies, but uh, those powers and principalities and, the, the you know, the... Uh, demons or the the fallen angels, you know, who have massive influence over our earth. And then also, too, uh, to begin the talk, though, it's, you know, we need to understand that there is quite a bit of, um, even in the Christian, um, uh, we still have to deal with our fallen natures uh, after we become Christians. And um, and that fallen nature is opposed to God. And of course, before we became a Christian, we could only obey that fallen nature. And we were dead to the um, reality of the, you know, God in the spiritual world uh, as, you know, who is revealed in Jesus. And so, uh, but once you become a Christian, you still got to deal with that uh, part of you that uh, is in Adam. So uh, that's the uh, uh, one, another one of your uh, God's enemies. Um, although you yourself are not God's enemy, you find in yourself uh, things which are opposed to God. It's a lot to digest there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we talk. You you talk about in the sermon the inner life where God is, mm-hmm. and I just I just want to ask you to kind of just go over that how does how does this relate to the having power over god's enemies yeah so um yeah so the idea you know most of us have the idea of god being outside of us which of course is true um but largely um most christians i think are mistaken in thinking to be able to access the power uh, or the presence of God, they think of something actually outside of themselves. Paul, especially in the book of Ephesians, says, you know, our power is within. Um, and, you know, the, uh, you know, so you see different things like um, um, being strengthened in your inner being and to know the, you know, the love of Christ, how long, wide, high, and deep. And, you know, obviously the Holy Spirit is in you. Jesus says we're going to come and make your home in you. Um, the Holy Spirit uh, is in you. Uh, and so the, um, you know, the power, you know, this resurrection power that Paul talks about in Philippians uh, too is this power that is at work within us, right? So it's, a, um, you know, that's where, because that's where the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. And that's where we need to, um, we need to really understand our inner life in order to understand how we access the power of um, a world where God has made us alive uh, together with him. Uh, and that is then accessed and experienced in our inner life. So when you like, when you talk about our inner being, is that, are you talking about like the, our soul or, or spirit? 
You mentioned yeah, the, you mentioned yeah. Now this is sermon. a now this is a very confusing uh, concept. You got that I right. Think. <laughs> yeah, it very it much is. Is the idea of that um, that we are probably made made up of three parts, uh, being made in the image of God, and that's your body, your physical body that everybody sees that presents itself to the world, your soul, uh, which is um, basically your thoughts, emotions your will and motivations, and then your spirit, which is the area, you know, so basically that's the area for you that uh, is, becomes alive to God um, when uh, you're born again by the Holy Spirit. Um, Yeah, your spirit before, uh, before you become a Christian is, is dead and it's trespasses and sins and is only going to direct um, its power uh, and its abilities towards self. Um, so, but yeah, so that, you know, Paul will say, you know, I, I pray that your whole spirit, soul, and body will be sanctified. He talks about that in First Thessalonians. Um, you know, the, um, uh, you know, Jesus, of course, in John 3 talks about who he who is born of spirit is spirit. Right, which is uh, um, that idea of your spirit coming alive when um, at your, you know when uh, you're born anew or born from above. So yeah, so um, so your inner world is really made up of your spirit, soul, spirit and soul, and um, your soul largely is um, again your thoughts, feelings, or thoughts, emotions will and motivations. And so Paul will say in 1 Corinthians 2 that the spiritual man discerns all things. The spiritual mm-hmm. man has the mind of Christ. The they discern that Jesus is you know that Jesus and his cross is not foolishness to them. Is that um I'm trying to think is that like um am I thinking of the wrong verse where it's like the person who is focused on the things of God or or, or you know are focused on or on, you know, yeah, what, they, you know, you know where I'm going. Yeah, they're like, they, I think some say like spirits. Yeah, they're focused on the flesh. Yeah. They're spiritually discerned. They can't figure it out, right? Like, um, they are, and they don't want to, you know, either, right? And so, the so the carnal man or the natural man yeah. or those other yeah. other other ways the translation has it. So, uh, the Greek word for the spiritual man is pneumakoi. And which is, you know, pneuma, wind or breath, spirit. Koi means man. Um, so the natural man or the, you know, that is actually psychikoi. So the psyche or the soulish man. Is this all Greek? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So that's, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> like, what yeah, is he yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's the soul. So, um, so it's actually the soulish, you could actually translate it, the soulish man, uh, the man who's thoughts, emotions, will, and motivations are uh, totally uh, aligned to self, you know, against God. Yeah, that's the, and I guess that's what kind of makes this confusing is because when we think the soul, like for a lot of people, myself included, at one point, uh, you know, to think like, oh, the person is focused on like, you know, their soul, you know, like the soulish things, they're, they're, they've got it figured out, man. Like yes. they're, they, they're, they're doing it right. But actually that's, they're, that's more reflecting on somebody who's selfish. Like you're saying here, like they're focused on themselves. 
Yes, yeah, so is the right word, but well, it's no. I think like maybe self-absorbed might be a better way to say it. You know, like uh, maybe not in like a yeah. narcissistic point yeah. of view, though, but like in a spiritual point of view. Yeah, like it's, it, I mean, from a worldly yeah. point of view. Well, it's the place you make your dreams. It's the place you you kind of define your intentions. Your yeah, okay. What you're, it's what you're thinking about. You, your soul, you know, is where the place of your hopes, your loves. You know, um, it's the place for your idolatry. Right. So it's uh, like, yeah, uh, you yeah. know, so, Throw that um, word in there. yeah. So, you know, like, um, you know, it's your heart, you know, and when the Bible talks about your heart, you know, the heart is that place of, um, you know, that, you know, is deceitful above all else, you know, it deceives your heart deceives you. And, you know, it's obviously not your, the organ that's pumping yeah. blood through your body. It's right. your mind, emotion, motivations, and will all combined together to, uh, attach itself to a certain thing that you feel like you must need or you must get in order to have life and joy. And, uh, it's really, it's the engine of your life. And so, yeah, it makes me think of, uh, gosh, is it in the Psalm? The very problem of man is his own heart. That's what it's, I think it's in a Psalm. It might be a proverb. Um, I don't remember that one, but it might just be like saying a different translation or something. Might be. Yeah, I, I, Proverbs says the heart is, or uh, well, Jeremiah says the heart is deceitful above all else. Um, let's see, they have, and then you have Proverbs four, which says, "Guard your heart, for from it comes the wellspring of life." I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's a song. Um, I can look it up here if Google will cooperate. You know how this goes sometimes. No. Uh, Proverbs. No. Yeah. No, it's not going to cooperate. I might have it wrong then. That's fine. Uh, so yeah, we'll just pr- we'll just truck right on forward. If we if <laughs> we'll I find that something part. out, I'll throw it yeah, in the yeah, show yeah, notes. Yeah, you no, know? You're fine. Uh, now, you, and you have to know. I I mean, obviously, even after you become a Christian, you still have thoughts, emotions, you know, motivations, and things. Now, what that needs to ha- what needs to happen there is, um, really, and that's really that place of. Um, of battle really is you, you know, we really have to come to a place where we, um, our soul becomes obedient to the Holy spirit. Um, but it doesn't get, you know, it doesn't get annihilated, you know, Mm -hmm. so we don't, we still use our brains. We still have emotions. We still have a will. We still have motivations, but we're, 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 uh, bringing our soul underneath, um, the Holy spirit and what he's doing, uh, within us through the written word, you know, other things like that. So, so there was a part in there with the explain explanation of you know uh, soul and, and spirit here. There was a part. I, I don't know if I heard you wrong or not, but you said that God has to confront our soul, mm-hmm. or I think you said God. Is that correct? Is yeah. That, okay. Your so your Holy Spirit's going to bring you into a place that confronts the it, thing, your hope you know, your, your hope in this life. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, And so that's kind of where, okay. So yeah, that, that just kind of helps, uh, break down for me. What was meant by that? I I had, I had like, uh, you know, my daughter was getting dropped off to me for a moment. While okay. I was like, Wait, what is he saying? Uh, so I just jotted it down and here we are. So we got that covered. Yeah. So I guess in all of this, this is kind of where, you got into the uh, where Jesus talks about like he who would want to save his life will lose it, mm-hmm. but he who would 
you know, give up his life would, mm-hmm. would uh, save it, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, or would find yep. eternal life. Yep. And so that's kind of where this comes from. Like if we're, if we're, con- if we're letting our soul, I guess, uh, run the show here, mm-hmm. then we're going to lose, we're going to lose. Yeah. So your soul is going to define what's going to give you life. Right. So, um, you know, it's like Jesus will say, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, don't live for money and possessions because, you know, you gain the whole world and lose your soul, right? Essentially, you know, what, what can happen is your soul can uh, attaches to these things, money, you know, it attaches to your appetites, essentially, right? Which is what yourself needs most. And so, or what you feel like yourself need most, some appetite, something that like when uh, you get it, it feels good. It feels like you've satisfied it, but the uh, sensation or the, the craving always comes back, right? Because right. you just can't get enough of it. And when your soul attached to that kind of thing, um, an appetite, then you know what? You're, you're really apart from the life of God and you're moving in these realms of appetites, right? So, which is. Um, Paul will say it in Colossians, like the things that perish as they are used. Mm-hmm. And so, um, which is, that's what appetites are, right? You eat, they perish as they're used, right? So, um, I think your, yeah. your demonstration was you were, you ate a lot of food on Friday and you were hungry again Saturday. Was <laughs> yeah, that, exactly. That, yes, I believe that's right. what it yes, was, right? right? I ate so much <laughs> one night and I was hungry again. Right. And so, uh, and, um, yeah, I tried to make a joke about, uh, married couples having sex on their honeymoon and that being enough, but it didn't land. So, uh, but, not, uh, yeah, not a chance. Same thing, you know, it's <laughs> like sex oh, is the same land? way. Or, really? Did not, well, I, I, it was terrible delivery. I, I was oh. completely, my, my wife thought it was great. She <laughs> thought it was great. Yeah. She, she actually recapped for, for me. Uh, we, we need Michael to laugh louder than <laughs> I just didn't really feel like there was enough laughter in the room. No, I'm just joking. So, so what you're saying here though, is really resonates here. Makes me think about the, fact that we we won't ever choose god well i mean that so that's absolutely right i mean that's like when it comes down to it you know your soul is so you know inclined to you know it's enslaved to sin right and 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 it's not and i think one of the things that's i think people need to understand and I needed to understand about dying to self was it really wasn't so much the bad things that necessarily that I was uh, wanting. Um, it was actually just like the good things that I was putting above God, which we hear a lot about, but I don't think for me, I really attached it so much as like the psychic or the soulish man, right? Which is, I'm just like, I'm trying, I'm operating so much from my motivations what I want, my and they weren't bad things, but just because they were the things that my my soul attached to, my my motivations, my will, my thoughts and emotions, um, and so for me to give those up just felt like death. So I call mine Christian VIP, right? So so if there's anything my, I need to die to daily, I call it Christian VIP, which is to be just a very important Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, speaking engagements yeah. and you know, blah blah book deals and people listening you to me books? and all that stuff, right? You know, that's uh, you know, yeah, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, and none of that stuff is bad. And actually, Christian VIP is not bad, right? Sure, it's right. not a bad thing. You know, Billy Graham was a Christian VIP, 
that's fine. Like, and, but for me, what it does, it has this place of not, um, not, it doesn't, you know, God, is this what you're doing in my life? Right. Is this, uh, is instead of God, can you please make this happen? I need this to make this happen. I need to make this happen. So that I'm happy. You know, it's like, it's basically right. I'm substituting it for God himself. And so, but it's not a bad thing. And in fact, I'm in ministry too. So what I actually need to do is I need to take these desires for Christian VIP, die to them daily, and then let God resurrect it as he sees fit in whatever it, whatever way, shape or form yeah. it happens. But, uh, and I got to trust God for it. Right. So, um, but, um, but yeah, when I, uh, when I live for, um, my favorite wish, you know, that's what CS Lewis calls your, your favorite wish. Again, it's not going to be a bad thing. You know, if you're single and you really want to be married, like it's really, really hard to die to daily having a Christian spouse that loves you and you love, right? Yeah. That's not bad. And, and certainly you don't want to, you're not saying it is bad. What you're actually saying is I will not have my soul be directed on whether or not I am looking like I'm getting closer to a Christian spouse or not a Christian mm-hmm. spouse. I'm not going to let it, dem- I'm not going to let it dominate my thinking, emotions and motivations today. So this is uh, really, I really liked it, what you said, because we're talking about, so first off, I just want to step back to kind of recap, uh, talked about, uh, you know, being enslaved to sin. Mm-hmm. And so what you're talking about now is how God, um, you know, delivers us from that sin um, in this yes. kind of... That might not be the best way to say it because he delivers us from our sin, you know, through death on the cross. But, you know, the the way that he walks us out of this, you know, mm-hmm. as you're talking about, you you, you define it as uh, powerfully delivered from our enslavers. Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't we don't think in that concept very often. And to see like the amazing power that's going on in our lives, even like, I mean, these things that you're talking about, the you know, wanting to, you know, being delivered from that, you know, uh, the, the urge to be the Christian VIP uh-huh. or, you know, wanting the urge to want to be married, you know, anything like that. We really, we kind of overlook that. We overlook that, what that work that God's doing in our lives. Uh-huh. And I think that's a really powerful thing to see and realize just to, to I, for me, it just really increases my understanding of who God is and how much he cares for and loves mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are like very detailed things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, because it's so easy to be like, oh yeah, like God saved us from our sin and now we're just kind of like wandering through the world, <laughs> you know, like waiting for death or him to come back. <laughs> yeah, okay, exactly. like yeah, yeah. sometimes like it gets so simplified like that. And uh, speaking of wandering around, you know, that's, basically what you were talking about though with the israelites mm. uh in the desert yeah you yeah, know, yeah because they were uh powerfully delivered from the egyptians mm-hmm. 
and then struggle through the desert, whining and complaining as we all do. <laughs> which yeah. I just love that. The first time I ever heard that, like how, <laughs> like, oh yeah, like we're basically the Israelites wandering through the desert. Just every little thing, we're like, oh, woe is me. <laughs> Why, you know? Oh, I sh- wish we would have died back in Egypt. You know, I should have stayed slaves. Like eh, it's so ridiculous. But when you really look at it, and you see like that's us. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's really that's. I like it. <laughs> I like yeah. being able to look at it that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it. I think one of the things I missed a lot, um, was just the reality. Like, you know, well, well, two things. I think. One is the whole formulation that Jesus came to sort of get us to go to heaven, to take away all the things that would prevent us from going to heaven. That formulation really. Uh, doesn't really work too well. It's not untrue, but it's like really, it actually it just like kind of completely misses the whole point of what's going on in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you go to the scriptures, seeing it that way, you, you're very confused. He's actually bringing, like it's in him, heaven comes to earth. And then, and, and you get this, um, but then, but it's not just about getting... Um, you to believe the right thing then so that you can then go to heaven after you die, after you leave earth. It's, it is also, it is to actually get heaven to earth again in the person of the Holy Spirit. It's better that Jesus goes away, right? So heaven comes to earth in the person of Jesus. Heaven comes to earth in the person of the Holy Spirit. And this is really, really important to know that you are now, um, not only delivered from the guilt of sin, um, you know, but you're delivered from the power of sin by the Holy Spirit. So what we're talking about is how you really walk out moment by moment, getting delivered from the power of sin in your own life, but ultimately not just to have like freedom from sin, but also to really be empowered to, to partner with God, to do good in the world, to bring heaven to earth in the world and where you are, where your body is. And to do that in the power of the Holy Spirit, which most Christians, you know, read about in the New Testament, and they are often, including myself, are kind of left like, wow, that's what it used to be like, and why is it not like that now? Mm-hmm. And these are some some of the major reasons why. Yeah, I like, the, I like those detailed breakdowns, uh, especially the ones that you gave about the Egyptians in the desert, you know, just the things that oftentimes, you know, as I'm reading the Bible, I overlook. And so one of the things that you mentioned was that the, cause the Egyptians gave like all their wealth to the, to the Israelites as they were leaving. Mm-hmm. Like they gave them tons <laughs> of gold and everything. Yeah. And you're like, it really didn't do them any good in the desert. And I'm <laughs> yeah, like, well, that's so true. Like you, you totally forget they're lugging this stuff around <laughs> in the desert. Yeah, that's right. And they're just like holding on to this baggage. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if I was stuck in the desert, uh, I probably wouldn't lug a bag of gold around. I'm just going to be real. That seems like a lot of weight yeah. <laughs> uh, that I don't need to be carrying. And uh, I think it's going to be a detriment to my possibilities of survival now yes. obviously i wouldn't have like a you know pillar of smoke or fire yeah you know, that's me. right that's uh, it's a little different but it is that still that concept like it did them no good mm-hmm. i couldn't do anything for them as a matter of fact they made a golden calf out of it and it was a very negative yes. some very negative consequences yes. for that yeah. you yeah, know exactly. and yeah. so when when you look at those those little details 
and then you can relate them to, you know, this following of the soul and, you know, that, that inner self having to, you know, let God conquer that for us and to be focused on the things of the spirit and not on the things of, you know, the flesh, it really breaks it down very simply. It's mm-hmm. like the Bible repeats itself over and yeah. over again because we're not smart enough to get it. <laughs> okay. That's right. Yeah. So in the, the verse that, that you're talking about is, you know, Romans 15, where Paul says what was written beforehand was uh, for our instruction and by their example and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. The Israelites are taken into the desert where they had to, conf- they were, they were tested and they had to confront their appetites and they had to confront not only their desire for food and water, uh, right. But also their more spiritual appetites, uh, which is more like their, their ability to, def- their will to define how they would want to live life. Um, their, um, which yeah, was apparently they, as so their status, right, right, yeah, their you know the, the uh, status, wealth, all that stuff, right? Like, hey, let's take a, um, and so that yeah, they had to confront their appetites, and of course, they did a terrible job. As you mentioned often, like as soon as we have to confront with God after we're saved, the threat to our money, our status, you you know. Um, whatever it might be, um, we start to melt in very similar ways the Israelites did. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's so hard to see though. <laughs> you exactly. know, it's so yes, hard to exactly. see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, know, you got to right. look at it from like a thousand foot up and yes. be like, oh yeah, I'm definitely yes. like them. You know, <laughs> and, and it's, it's really great. It's humbling though. It's mm-hmm. great and humbling because it allows you to realize like nothing has changed. So if nothing's changed regarding that, then that means nothing has to change for our salvation. Mm-hmm. You know, it, we're we're still the same sinners that we were, you know, when Jesus was crucified. And so his he his conquering of it is still is still valid. You know, That's it's right. not like yeah. we're like oh, you know, everyone's like oh, it's a different time back then. Sure, same people. You know, like they didn't have yes. the internet, but <laughs> trust me, they were doing the yes. same stuff. Yes, and so yeah, this you know you know our ability to um, you know this is really the issue of ju- justification and sanctification. It doesn't really you know to to say how well we're being delivered from the power of sin doesn't affect our justification. But um, what's nice is what is different now is the giving of the Holy Spirit, and which the, the Israelites did not have. And um, and so for us, you know, that really is the power through which we, you know, are na- able to walk out, you know, our, um, you know, our life uh, in partnership with God and bring heaven to earth. Um and be delivered from the power of sin. So when we talk about, you know, we have the Holy Spirit now, we've talked about, or you've said before, you've talked about um, the prayer closet kind of deal, mm-hmm. you know, being alone, just trying to listen to God, Holy Spirit at work there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you've also talked about the, <clears throat> I guess the uh, ability or no no um, let me back up not ability the uh our conscience Mm -hmm. so 
kind of two two aspects there, two sides of the same coin, maybe if you will. Sometimes our conscience will be a negative thing, where you know it's basically we feel like we're doing something wrong or something that we shouldn't be, or that we're not doing something that we should be. And it's actually not a big deal at all. Mm-hmm. And then we have the other side of that coin, which is sometimes we do get conviction through our conscience is, are these kind of the breakdown of how we can utilize or listen to the Holy spirit that the Israelites didn't have? Yeah. So, and there's a few things. This is a really good question. Because it really kind of comes down to how then do you, um, you know, really kind of walk out your day-to-day life as a Christian now, knowing that you have the Holy Spirit as opposed to the Israelites who, um, they got the law, right? So they were to act according to the law. We are according to, we're, were to act according to the Spirit. And so... And so basically, like, the coming of the Spirit completely um, takes supersedes the law. So the law, I mean, that's it's a, called the new way of the Spirit, right? Paul says that in Romans 7 and other places, um, you know, that and it, and it abolishes the law. Jesus fulfilled it, and then, in, and then we're just, we're not to take the Mosaic law and live by it at all. Uh, we're to live by the Holy Spirit. Now, so what does that mean, then, to live by the Holy Spirit? Well this is sort of all the things in which we're, you know, in which we're talking about. Right. So, so you look, so I think for me, it's kind of helped to look at what happened in the book of Acts a little bit to help me understand a little bit about how they, um, the apostles especially knew that the Holy spirit was leading them to do something and not just the apostles, but then other people we read about in the book of Acts. So, um, so what you see, of course, is that they were to before they were to do anything, they were to wait for the Holy Spirit, and so and then they and they were praying, you know, obviously in Pentecost, and uh, they uh, they obviously received the Holy Spirit, and when they received the Holy Spirit, then they were really filled with supernatural energy, insight, and power you know, um, to do the things that Jesus did and even, and even more so. Um, so, um, so then you also see like, uh, you know, the apostles doing miraculous healings, just like Jesus did. Um, you see, but then you see, uh, like, you know, Stephen's full of the Holy Spirit, so he's able to give this speech. Uh, he's, he sees Jesus. You know, Ananias gets this vision from the Lord, right, to go tell Saul, you know. Um, about I love that his part, mission. By the way. Yeah, right. Like, so how did Ananias get it? Like, what, did, what happened with Ananias? How did he know it was the Holy Spirit? Philip's in Samaria preaching the gospel, and then the Spirit says, go to this road, which is like mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere. And he goes and obeys, and he sees the Ethiopian eunuch reading the scroll, right? And the guy becomes a Christian, he gets baptized, and then the spirit whisks him away, away and the Philip finds himself in a town. You know, you just, you're starting to see, like, what's happening and why these guys gave themselves to prayer so much is because that way they could hear from the Holy Spirit, which was giving them the words of Jesus, right, in right. accordance to the will of the Father. Uh, and so, 
Um, that's why they that's why they felt like getting in their prayer closet, and then obviously corporate prayer too was so important because they. I don't think they felt like they get, had anything really to say, uh, right, uh, without prayer. Now they were very yeah. intentional as they went everywhere they did to preach the gospel, yada yada. But um, so, yeah, so prayer is so so important um, because you know I used to really live from a place of like, um, you know you're just sort of like free to do whatever it is you want that doesn't, that doesn't, isn't prohibited by scripture. Right. But that's not true either. You don't see that in Acts either. So Paul wants to go to like, uh, into, um, Europe, you know, but the Holy spirit prevented him. Right. So you're like, Oh, so God can say no to things that aren't, uh, necessarily sins. Like it wouldn't have been sin for him to go into Europe, except for the Holy Spirit was guiding it, right? Like, um, yeah. And I guess you know. some people might argue though, like, had he gone to uh, Europe, he would have been in sin. But the reality is that he couldn't have gone to Europe because the Holy Spirit was yeah. guiding him. But so and the I, and the only re- and and the only reason that would have been a sin was because God specifically said no but it was just like it's not like that's in the written word like yeah. don't go to europe you're also you know what i'm saying so how does he end up in europe if god's not letting him so, so it's that's, like, well then he has yeah. a dream right right then he has a dream about the man of macedonia and it's like okay spirit was like he needs he was able he just knew now that god was leading him to go and so he went and so um so he's like taking it step by step by the holy spirit he's not and, and that's where most of my Christian life has been a lot is thinking of a good idea. That's a good idea. All right, Lord, can you bless this? And being, and then just getting my, you know, my ass handed to me constantly. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's so difficult. I feel like for me, like there are so many times I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to talk about this real quick because you brought it up. When I, my parents uh, have a battery and, and charger business, okay, forklift battery and chargers, okay? okay, and when I first started working with my dad, he was uh, the only guy working for the company, like it was just him and my mom, he was the only one out in the field, so, you know, I became an adult, I went out and started working with him, <laughs> we would go, and like, we, we would change out these cells in these huge lead acid batteries, and my dad, before we'd get started, he would put his hand on the battery and he would be like, Lord, please keep us safe. Uh, make this go smoothly. And, you know, uh, just he would just say a quick prayer. He would yeah. just say a quick prayer. And I was young and naive and I was like, oh, that's so cool. My dad, like, prays over the battery, but also kind of not necessary, you know. <laughs> and you know what? I was so wrong because the first time that we got in a rush somewhere and he didn't pray, everything that could go wrong went wrong. And I literally, I sat there and I'm like, we didn't pray over this one. He's like, we didn't. He's like, we were right. We didn't. And I'm yeah. like, oh man. You know, so that was like, a, I was like 19 and stupid. So I'm no, like, wow. This, like, wow, yeah, my dad's a lot really, wiser than I thought. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's a great <laughs> illustration. You know, yeah. I, I hate to say it, but I, I'm that guy. I, I believe that that is exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I, I actually, I firmly believe that uh, my dad forgot to pray because that was what the Holy Spirit had for us that day. Yeah, because he was like, "Young Eric is going to learn a lesson today yeah. about my power," and I was like, "Look at this!" And yeah. so, like, I do. I try to, like you're saying, 
when I go to embark on something, I want to pray on it and ask God to bless it. I forget so often. Maybe I'd be much more successful if I did. Well, you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, there, there, it, it is interesting too because you're, you know, there obviously is times. It's, it's just not formulaic. No, it's because not. you know the Old Testament is formulaic. The, the Mosaic Law is formulaic. Do this and you'll be blessed. You know, don't do this and um, you won't be cursed or whatever. Um, but like we tend to, the Holy Spirit is just not formulaic. He's not a, he's not a person. There might be somebody who's in the forklift battery charging business that, uh, is just as safe as your dad, like, or something like that, that never prays. Uh, right. But your dad knows, um, from within probably inside his inner life that that's what he needs to be doing. And, um, because he's partnering with God in this business. And, uh, and so for him, it's really, really important as he partners with God to do that. And, um, so, but then you just can't go to, you can't say it's just not a formula. Right. So like, uh, um, but the, the key thing is, is that when we, uh, and that's what the oneness of God comes in, right? Uh, by the Holy Spirit, we've been given the mind of Christ. We've been given the name of Jesus. Uh, we we're told to pray and operate in the name of Jesus. Um, you, you know, whatever you do, um, uh, do it all in the name of Jesus to the glory of God the Father, right? You are, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so much to say about it, but it's just, you know, we are to actually follow God step by step. And there are also, and then our soul gets transformed as it comes under, it gets into submission as we die to self and our ways and our thinking and our thoughts. And then, you know, and then have his words, his presence, you know, change us into that kind of person who then can, when he thinks and has emotions and wills, he knows that he's in God's will, even as he's willing his own will, um, which is hard to say. Now, where do we get all that? Well, that's the pillar. That's the pillar of fire and the pillar of smoke, right? Is the Israelites were to not move. Um, they were to mm-hmm. stay put. Um, so it, when that pillar was not moving, they didn't move. Um, that's what the point of manna was, right? Like you guys here in the desert, you don't have to worry about food. You don't have to worry about water. Uh, you don't, you don't have to worry about it. I'm with you. I'm here. Man does not live by bread alone. What do we learn though? Of course, about Israelites is they don't want to live like that. They don't want to live on independence on God. They want to be independent, right? And so, or they they'll they're okay to have Yahweh as long as they can have their, some of their independence too. Which is, yeah, I mean that's the same thing that we we do today. Exactly. I you mean know? that's my. I mean I can yeah. so, give you some examples <laughs> yeah, of right. my you life. Go it on just is like, day. yeah, right. Yeah. So that's why it can just be like. Um, you know, there can just, yeah, there can just be lots of times where, you know, it makes perfect sense for you to do something, but you'll just feel in your spirit that you should not do it, even though it's not wrong to do it, right? 
it just is like you just know you shouldn't do it and then you, if you then you don't do it and it's like oh yeah i can i see you know like yeah. um and the, you know you can find out later why or why not right so it just is like paul going to you know he wanted to pass over into macedonia right but he was prevented by the holy spirit well there was timing there was other things like that right so so i want to do kind of a not a really hard segue here, but I do just want to shift gears here a little bit to something that you were saying at the end of your sermon here that I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed because to kind of break it down here, you said it was his blood and body that brought us into his family. And with this, you said it was uh, not, 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 us it's like not from us that we uh have this i don't know this saving i guess you know referring to like you know the soul and not being of the world and being focused on things of the spirit that it's it's from us being christians that we get that it is not that that makes us a christian Mm. I, i believe that's what you were breaking down there at the end right is that do I have that um, right? I, was it the part where I was saying, um, like if you look at how well you're dying to self and look at what you're laying down your favorite wish, and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing a very good job of that, and then you think of that, I must not be a Christian, you're yeah. mistaking, you know, yes. you're like, because what made them what that made the Israelites the people of God was not, uh, what was happening in the desert, it was. Uh, it was what uh, the lamb did on their behalf, right? Yes. As the angel of death yeah. passed over. And I know. feel like that's really important because of like what you just said there. Like somebody might listen to this and they might go, well, I suck at this. Like, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I'm doing very well. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I'm just not even a Christian. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case, is it? No, it's really, really, I mean, that's really important to understand that like, um, you know, it's a it's a huge uh it's very tempting to look at your own life and obedience and say um this shows that i am a christian right uh and that's wrong it's not you know what you know what shows that you know if anybody asked me dave why are you a christian i would just say i am a christian cuz right now i trust that jesus was raised from the dead and I've given him to allegiance, my allegiance as my Lord. I believe that right now, you know, like you're like, didn't, well, wouldn't you say you did that? You know, didn't you become a Christian 28 years ago? Yes, I did. But I can tell you this, like, I'm not, I'm not looking to what I did 28 years ago to give me any kind of confidence in um, my Christianity right now. I, I'm just confident that I'm, I'm still trusting fully in Jesus to make me a Christian. It's his work, not mine. There's no indicators uh, from our past or anything like that. I mean, obviously I look back in the past and I see, I believed yes. And the reason, but but obviously, right. Yeah. So I I don't, cause you can look back in the past and be like, Ooh, maybe that wasn't real. Maybe I wasn't a Christian then. I was, was, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Do you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? And have you, you know, spoken your allegiance to him. Like, yeah. Okay. All right. You're good. That's your, you are. And that's a miracle. You have to understand that that is a miracle. You, you don't, 
do that unless by the Holy Spirit you're born again. And um, so, but then of course, then God brings you into testing. He tests your faith. You know, Peter says he tests your faith. Paul talks about in Thessalonians that when he went out and preached, he te- he, that Paul's heart was tested. You're going to get tested. And the test is really not for you. Like God's not like a school teacher trying to figure out whether you get an A or an F. Um, he's trying to show you yourself because you don't know yourself, even though he saved you. <laughs> you don't know how dependent. I mean, I had no idea how dependent I am on status to feel happy. I mean, it just, I just had no real idea how dependent I was. And my soul was so attached to what other people thought of me and they're for my own happiness. And, and honestly, the more I pursued my own status, the, the more unhappy I became generally. And, and the more like my relationship with God just felt kind of dry. You know, what I know now, wish I would have done more. And I, I did die to it at times. I know there were periods of times, maybe probably at like acute points of misery. Where I was like, all right, Lord, I give this up again to you. I give this up. Again. But what I needed to do is just give it up every day. And I can tell you for 100%, 100% sure I was not giving up being a Christian VIP every day, which I wish I would have now, you know, but, you know, whatever. You learn. Know.